to a Hope 103.2 podcast. We're making our way through the wonderful book of James, one of my favourite parts of the Bible. If you have a Bible nearby, excellent. Turn to James chapter 5. Last night, James started to speak to the upwardly mobile in the church. In tonight's passage, he addresses a very different, though related group, the really, really wealthy, or perhaps more accurately, the really wealthy who oppress the poor. James chapter 5, verse 1. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. Well, as I said, in the passage from last night, James had words with the upwardly mobile merchants. Now he turns his sights on those one step up in the food chain, the rich oppressors. James has used strong language in the letter before now, but this paragraph takes it to a whole new level. It's as if he's saying to the rich, you go directly to hell, do not pass go. Why such piercing language? Well, the answer has to do with literary genre. Readers of modern media know full well how to interpret various genres found, say, in our newspapers. We don't need a style guide to navigate through the editorial, the letters section, the cartoons, a satirical piece, the TV guide and so on. We've grown up with this stuff, so we know how to read the various styles. Well, the Bible also has a variety of literary styles, and each has to be read slightly differently. There's history, there's poetry, there's parable, epistle, hymn, apocalyptic, and a style known as the prophetic lament. Prophetic lament is where a biblical prophet publicly denounces an oppressor without any expectation that the bad guy will actually hear the denunciation. The words are really intended for the oppressed themselves, not for the actual oppressors. There are examples of this in Ezekiel chapter 29 in the Old Testament. And in the New, Jesus also uses the prophetic lament style in Luke chapter 10, verse 13. The prophetic lament is a vivid rhetorical way of saying to the faithful, hang in there, help is on the way, the tyrant will soon be overthrown. Well, James chapter 5, verses 1 to 6, is classic prophetic lament. It's designed not as a warning to rich oppressors within the church, of which there were probably none. It's meant to be a comfort to the oppressed themselves, of which there were probably quite a few. The crimes of the rich are listed through verses 3 to 6. Not only have they hoarded wealth and lived in luxury and indulgence, they have done so at the expense of the poor, withholding wages from the field workers, people who literally lived on the previous day's earnings. Injustice of this kind does not go unpunished. 
The cries of the oppressed have reached heaven, verse 4. And so James advises the rich to prepare for the worst. And as you can see in verses 2 and 5, the worst is pretty bad. Verse 2 says, your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Verse 5 says, you have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. James is reassuring the oppressed that God's justice, his judgment, is on the way. This passage reminds us of a very important biblical emphasis. The theme of God's judgment is not simply a theological scare tactic designed to make the non-religious more religious. Judgment is the pledge of the loving God to oppressed humanity that he hears their cry for justice and will one day bring his justice to bear on every act of tyranny. Now, there's no question the Bible speaks of judgment in other contexts as well. Hypocrisy, idolatry, and so on. These are all going to be heading for God's judgment. But judgment is very frequently described as a promise from the loving God to his wounded people that he will one day reverse their fortunes and bring justice to the world. The day of judgment is not a day to feel embarrassed about. It's God's day of justice and compassion. We live in a world of unspeakable injustice. And every now and then we catch a glimpse of it on the news as some sex slave trader is caught profiting from the misery of teenage girls or some African official is exposed for selling aid for weaponry. But these glimpses are just that. Because beneath the surface, every day, in every country, oppression and tyranny are rife. And that is why there is a judgment day. Of course, we're not to have this morbid fascination with punishment or take pleasure in the thought of others facing God's wrath. We thank God for judgment day because we sincerely long for him to right the terrible known and unknown wrongs of the world. Modern Westerners typically dislike the idea of God's judgment. I reckon this is partly because from our safe and comfortable perspective, the notion of God reversing the fortunes of the world seems a little intrusive. It's an interruption to my own comfortable life. But James, along with many other biblical passages, teaches us to view things differently, to rejoice in the coming judgment of God, precisely because on that day, the Lord's compassion and mercy toward wounded humanity will be fully known. I want to leave you with a few things to get angry about. I mean angry in the good sense. I mean things that we should all long for the Lord to come and put right. World Vision Australia reports some of the major problems facing the world's children. Here are just a few. Each year, one million children enter the billion-dollar sex trade. Most of them are aged 13 to 15, though there is evidence that very young children get caught up in this horrific trade. Over 15 million children have been orphaned by HIV AIDS, the majority of them in Africa. Children are also losing teachers, community members and peers through the disease. About 250 million children aged 5 to 14 are forced through poverty to work some in very hazardous circumstances. 
and over 300,000 children are forced to fight in adult wars all over the world, including in Uganda, Burma and Liberia. Some are as young as seven. There are more than 120,000 child soldiers in Africa alone. This sort of injustice cries out for God's intervention and for him to put things right. The promise of his judgment, therefore, is good news. That's how James chapter 5 sees it. So should we. Let's pray. My creator and judge, thank you for your promised day of justice. Comfort those who suffer at the hands of oppressors. And help me to be an instrument of good in your name. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Hope 1032. Thanks for listening.